0: are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indy Podcast. This week, I've got a special guest. This is actually the first time that we have a guest returning back to the show, and this week, we have frank Gogol on the line talking about his new dead ends kids dead ends kids you see what i'm saying there i'm already messing that up dude dead end kids 2 how's it going man
1: it's 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 going well and uh just just be glad that you don't call it dad and kids like (laughs) i do sometimes that's that's like the final volume of the series like (laughs) something called dad and kids and it's just gonna be middle aged guys like when i turn 45 i'm gonna write it um also i i feel like i should get some kind of belt like i am the house of indie reigning champion right now
0: (laughs) there you go go man <laughs> yeah this is actually the first time that we've actually had somebody return to the show and since last time i talked to you we had we i had a partner we don't no longer have a partner so it's just me but man and you've had some really cool stuff going on in your life since the last time we spoke you uh, talked to us a little bit about it last time you said you were going to bring us a new dead ends kids books so you couldn't talk to us a little bit about it but now it's here it's going to be in our hands, and now we're going to talk about Dead End Kids, uh, the Suburban Job. I, I I was able to read this first issue, man, and I gotta tell you, it's really good. It's a, a strong first issue. Uh, the colors were awesome. The artwork was amazing, and the 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 pacing of the book was actually really good, and it kept me enthralled into the story. and And at the end of it, I I wanted more and uh i'm I really hope that people kind of have that same uh feel when they are able to have this in their hands,
1: yeah, yeah, me me too, obviously um but uh, yeah, uh so last time we talked, uh I think we were talking about no heroin, which mm-hmm. uh as of this recording still hasn't finished coming up, but by the time people hear it, it it'll be done <laughs> um and just right right into the next thing like I don't ever plan on letting up yeah. like i if I don't have a book coming out or, or on the horizon, like I'm doing something wrong, uh, it's sort <laughs> of a grind, grind or die kind of thing. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, dead in kids Two, uh, dead in kids, a suburban job, uh, just got announced the other day. Uh, the timing and, and space and time and everything might get a little wonky in the way I talk about this because mm-hmm. we're recording in advance. So apologies to anyone listening. If I get confusing, but just the other day we announced the book, uh, at the beginning of, uh, New York York comic con week. And, um, it's, uh, it's sort of a we, we took sort of a true detective approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't want to go back and and explore the other kids' lives anymore, uh, mostly because we kind of brought ourselves into a, a place where we couldn't do that. But also, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted sort of a new new challenge. So uh, this story takes place in two thousand eight. It's a new cast of characters, a really diverse, interesting cast of characters this time around. Yeah, um, but it is if you read the first volume, like you'll re- immediately recognize this as, as being in the same universe. It's got the same feel. Um, we got the, the, the whole team back to, to do the second volume. So it'll look the same. It'll read the same. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a coming age of age book about childhood trauma. That is also a crime book uh, this time around. It's not a murder mystery. It's a heist book. Um, and uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm hoping people dig it. I think they will. Um, the, uh, the sort of emotional engine of the book is something really sort of near and dear to my heart. And I think it's something that will speak pretty much to anyone who touches the book. Um, the, uh, the sort of the elevator pitch, I guess, let let me, let me do that part. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's three kids in 2018 or 2008 2008, uh, who are all the, relatives or loved ones of, uh, people who died on or because of nine 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, uh, the daughter of a first responder who died at ground zero. We've got the brother of, uh, an army soldier who was killed in Afghanistan. And we have uh, a young Pakistani American woman who is sort of dealing with the, escalated and exacerbated uh, racial tensions in the U S as a result of of the attacks. Um, And, and these kids uh, it's sort of an anti dead end kids book. Like the first book was very much about these kids who had each other and had their problems and, and leaned on one another to, to get through these kids are friends who have fallen out over the years who are sort of suffering with their, their issues in, in isolation and don't have anyone. And this is a book about them getting thrown back together as this, this heist plot takes off and, Mm -hmm. and they have to kind of put their bullshit aside long enough to survive the experience. And, and along the way, it's, it's a bumpy ride. Um, especially towards the end of the first issue, you start to see Mm -hmm. some of that come into play. Um, but like, you know, it's, I don't know. I think this is the best thing I've ever written. And I feel like I say that every time I write a book, but I really do. <laughs> um, we took the dead end kids formula, something that was incredibly successful and spoke to a lot of people. And I found a, a version of that, that I love mm-hmm. even more. I think that anyone who reads it will be able to see that in in the first, first two pages.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey man, I'm not going to knock it. Everything that you, when you, when you do something that you love so much, man, Uh, it's, it's always the best, especially when you're in the middle of it. I'm, I'm the same way, dude. Like I have to put my whole heart into it if I don't. And and I just, I just want to make sure that everybody has, uh, you know, gets out of it what I put into it. So I completely understand how you feel with that. Uh, I was, so I'm reading this uh book i I gotta tell you there's one i have a really favorite page here uh page 14 there when you see let
1: me see if i can guess what what page that is yeah let me see um
0: it kind of sums up the whole entire book man oh yeah yeah the the hallway scene yeah with
1: with the bell yeah it that Uh that page was actually really important um uh so i i've already said that what this book is about but uh there's um, the narration on that page and like Mm -hmm. the way the the panels are blocked really. Yeah. It's like the thesis of the book. Exactly. Yeah. And and, like, it's, it's even meta on some level. Like there's a a line of narration about it not being that book. Um, and And I love that. Like I, I, that that's probably my favorite thing in the whole book.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really, I love this, this because you see the three characters there and you almost feel like this, this is the moment where you're like, okay, they're all friends, just like the last book. They're all going to come together and talk and hang out and it's going to be a good time. But instead, they kind of cross paths. They don't, they, they act like they don't know each other. By the end, you know, kind of, they, they know each other a little bit. And, um, and they're, like you said,
1: two lyrics for them,
0: right? They, they, and you tell, you can tell by the end of it, like you said, they have a falling out, uh, by the end of it, they kind of get thrust back into, uh, a friendship of sorts because they stumble upon something that, uh, where they're going to take this story. Um, I, I, like I said, I love this page and this page sums up the entire book here. Um, uh, part of why I like this is because it, it, this here was the strongest point that I feel when I read this, it kind of <laughs> made the whole book, uh, uh, even that much more great to me, uh, because you kind of see what each of them are going through here in this moment. And they kind of converge on in towards, towards what's happening here. Um, amazing, man. I, I gotta, I gotta hats off to you in this one because, uh, last last time we read, uh, no heroin. That one was really good as well. And then Dead End Kids was just as great. And and this one, it feels like the same world, like you said, but it also feels like a different story. And and sometimes I know I've spoken to a handful of creators where that that's sometimes hard to do. Um, how do you feel? How you how, how do you feel about capturing lightning in a bottle a third time, man?
1: Well, that that that's kind of part of what it is, right? Like, um, dead and kids really popped off in a way that was unexpected for me and for the publisher. And I think for the people who, who read it and then couldn't get their hands on it. Um, and, and when Sourcepoint initially asked me if I wanted to do more, uh, I, I was pretty hesitant. Like I was, you know, like why, why run the risk of mm-hmm. selling like essentially a hit by, by maybe making something that doesn't land the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I honestly, like, I just, I had to live with it for a while and think about like what the right approach was. Um, Like I said, we, we took sort of a true detective approach where like aesthetically and storytelling wise, like you feel... It's, it's very similar like they could be you know set in the town over from one another mm-hmm. um but it's 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 a fresh start it's it's a, a new place a new era um, and that that was like really invigorating and and gave me a lot of freedom um we also kind of wrote ourselves into a corner at the end of the first one like if we wanted to do more with that cast it, mm-hmm. it, it would take some some gymnastics <laughs> on, uh, on the narrative um, and I also didn't like, I feel like the way that book ended was pitch perfect. And if we did more with those kids, it would, it would kind of sully and mm-hmm. like take away from that. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of reasons. Um, but also like, I think for me, when I, when I have a story, like, or if I want to tell a story, like there's certain like things I need to feel are, are right before I can move forward. And like, yeah. I always need a really good angle in, I need like, like for mm-hmm. no heroin. Like I really wanted to talk about, that, that gray space that that former addicts live in where like, yeah. like they they're not they're not ultra villains and they're not super sympathetic like they're just regular people who make mistakes and have a hard time mm-hmm. um, and and the first that in kids is is it's about childhood trauma and like what it's like to grow up in in a bad home and, and you know lean on other people so like mm-hmm. finding a way to tell a story that wasn't a, a repeat of the first one finding uh, a sort of emotional engine that was something that really matters to me. Like um, the kids in dead end kids volume one are, they, they would be a little bit older than me, um, mm-hmm. like two or three years older than I am. Uh, and, and the kids in the, the suburban job would be a little bit younger than me by a few years, but yeah. they lived through something that I remember very vividly. Yeah. And then that's nine yeah. um, And it's like something that really has just permeated almost everything in society from, mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom. And we don't even really Recognize it anymore. Yeah. But, you know, we, we just had the, the 19 year anniversary, which is pretty wild. There are kids starting college this year <laughs> and last year who lived yeah. in a, a post 9 11 world for their entire lives and yeah. they've never known, right. you know, peace you know, a, a time when we weren't at war or anything like that. Um, right. yeah. So it's, just, I don't know. Like it's, it really, I was nervous. Like I, I knew that it was, it would have to be the exact right story, but then I landed on something that I fell in love with. And and like yeah. I said, I think that this is the better of the two books.
0: So you, you talked a little bit about angles and stuff. So how do you, how did you approach this kind of thing with this angle? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a big story there going off of uh, a story like nine 11, where everybody knows where they were in nine 11 and, yeah. and and that kind of thing. I, I remember where I was. I was I was actually a senior in high school and uh, I, my bus was a little late, probably because of all this crazy stuff that was going on that day. And I come into classroom and everybody was just glued to the TVs and I had no idea what was going on. Um, I think we let school out a little early so that we can get home safe because everybody was, you know, all scared. Um, Now, I, I want to know a little bit how you kind of went into this story, how you wanted to approach this and then after you talk about that, I want to know where you were on that day.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I set myself, I always try to set myself like rules and like boxes to live in when I write stories. So that way I can write the story the way I mean to. Um, and one of the things I, I wrote on a post-it note and put on the bottom of my monitor when I was writing the scripts mm-hmm. uh, was... <laughs> that this wasn't going to be tragedy porn like this wasn't going to okay. be me taking something like you know 9/11 or or, or the holocaust or, or some other major tragic event and like just writing about it because i think it'll make a bunch of money like that's that's fucked up and it's wrong and it's something i never want to do um, so i set out to tell a story not about the day of 9/11 but about the the long term ripple effects like how did this affect people. Cause like I was just saying a minute ago, like 19 years later, you know, we still have legislation and, and, and different things going on in society that are directly resultant from, from the day. Um, so it, it, it just became about, uh, so like, you know, you, you read the first issue, we addressed mm-hmm. the event of 9-11 in a very strong and, and, and with strong imagery. Um, and, and after that, it's it's a background element. It's uh-huh. it's the launch pad for this story, but it is not the story. Um, and and nowhere else in the book do we really directly reference yeah. that day. We we allude to it, um, and and but I, I leave a lot in the reader's hands to interpret know what everything means. Uh, mm-hmm. How how this thing led to what's going on here, and and I, I think that trusting the reader like that is is part of what made the the first volume work. Uh, like you don't need to spoon feed everything to everybody. And honestly, when you let people put it together themselves, they're probably going to make a a better version of of what's not said than than you could have put on the page. They'll make their own version. Um, so, but I, I think. I I really wanted to do this in a respectful way. Like it's it's a it's a tough topic. The the things that have happened because of it are are tough. And, and hard to talk about and, and varied and there are really strong opinions about it and I wanted to present a lot of that in as fair a way as possible and through the lens of, of what these kids are going through yeah. and, and I think we were really really successful um the first issue is your standard first issue in a lot of ways it's a lot of setup introducing mm-hmm. the characters but once once you get into the second issue through the, the last issue like it's you know bam 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 like these kids are they're they're going through hell and like it's not any better because of the situation of like what's going on with the the heist plot
0: yeah and it's but it's not it's not one of those first issues where you're like all right come on get on with it we get we hear it i get it you're setting up your story you're setting up your the people we gotta hear like sometimes there's some books where you they take uh sometimes two three books to do that and you're just like right Mm -hmm. get on with the story now uh, this isn't one of those ones. I, 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 and you do it by, you know, page 14. We kind of know everything that's going on in the story already. Uh, by page, uh, 18, 19, 20, you kind of feel where this is headed. And boom, you get hit in those last few pages. You're like, all right, I can get into this. I, I see where this is going. I want to know more, especially that last page when, when we see our characters find out what's going on here um I,
1: I love that 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 tier of panels at the top of that page which mm-hmm. with each of their reactions like it really just captures each one of them yeah. and, like if you only had those three panels you would be able to tell so much about each character and like i think that was mm-hmm. nana did that really effectively
0: right yeah I, I i completely agree with that all right so you do open this up with with nine eleven. 11 i need to know where you were on that day
1: uh so i grew up in new jersey Um, on the Northern part of the Jersey shore, uh, technically the Riordan Bay. Uh, and, and for anyone who knows any, like, you know, tri-state area geography, you, if you live on the Riordan Bay, you can look across on a clear day and see lower Manhattan. Okay. Um, So I was directly South of, of lower Manhattan. Um, when the attacks happened, I was in school, um, it was, it was nine ish in the morning between nine and 10, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remember I was in uh, language arts, which I don't even think is a class that gets taught anymore. I think it's just English anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, you're in, telling our age door. now, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I was, uh, I was in eighth grade at the time. Uh, I, I believe it was second period, third period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I just remember, a lot of kids were getting pulled out of class. At first it was, it was, you know, a kid here, a kid there, nothing mm-hmm. like that would like set something off of my radar. But
0: yeah.
1: as, as the day went on, like the classes got thin and like, you know, the teachers kind of had to, at, at some point, like every teacher had to like brief the class mm-hmm. on like what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, like I said, I was, I was almost 14 at the time. So I was still pretty young. Yeah. Uh, and so I was. I was in school, like uh, I think a lot of people. Uh, and and because you know my family wasn't like from like a a very good socioeconomic background, we we were poor. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents were at work, and and like they couldn't leave, you know, because they wouldn't get paid. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get taken out of school. But um, like I said, I grew up on that that southern shore of the Raritan Bay. So naturally, everyone uh, after you know, school and, and in the afternoon was at our beachfront and looking across and like, wow. it was, it was a clear day. Like we could see yeah. like, this giant smoke plume coming off of uh wow. lower Manhattan. And, and we, um, we had those, those like a uh, sightseeing binoculars, you know, mm-hmm. you put a quarter into them and you can yeah you know, look out for 30 seconds. Yeah. There was like a line two blocks long to use that. It was, it was wild. And like, I, wow. I did use it. Like, it's just like the, the images are seared into my mind. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, I'll yeah. never forget that day.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I think those images are are seared in every single one of our minds, and I completely understand, man. All right, man, uh, I appreciate you kind of sharing that with us. That was really really interesting to hear. Um, let's take a small little break. After that, we're gonna kind of dig deep into some stuff. I, I I need to know, uh, you know. I don't want to damper the, the mood because, you know, we're talking about a couple tragedies here. We're talking about 9-11 and then we're going to be talking a little bit about pandemic and what you've been doing in the pandemic. So I want to know what you've been doing because, you know, creators create, man. And when they got time on their hands, you know, something great comes out of it. So I need to know what you've been doing since you've been home and and quarantined and all that good stuff. And then we'll kind of get into that after we come back. For What do you say? <laughs>
1: Yeah, sounds good. It's going to be your like saddest, most dour <laughs> episode ever, but I, I'm, I'm the guy for that.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> All right, All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about that. All right. And we're back at, here with Frank Gogol. And this is the second episode that he's on. He's the first creator that I've had on the show uh, hanging Raining out champ. with me two times, two times, man. Uh, he says that he he calls himself the reigning champ, but we'll see. <laughs> um so before the break i wanted to n- little, know a little bit about what you've been doing over the pandemic uh is, have you been creating something are we gonna see something come out of this uh anytime soon man what have you been doing
1: Whew, uh, a lot i've been i've been keeping fucking busy uh and i and there's not a whole lot i can talk about all right um that's so good though. I live, san, I, I live in san francisco we were the first u.s city to shut down so i've uh-huh. been home since uh late late february i think i've um, wow. been working for them. Uh, i'm still working my day job you know thank thank god knock on mm. wood uh, both me and my wife are still working yeah. uh both remote uh that that's been fun not not really <laughs> uh we, we used to get breaks from one another and and you know th- th- she's actually away this weekend just doing huh. her own thing and because we needed some space <laughs> tear our heads off um but um yeah no, i just i've been keeping busy i mean uh we I was promoting No Heroine at the beginning of it, and then No Heroine's been coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this airs, the last issue should be out. Uh, and then uh, been working on Dead End Kids, uh, getting that sequel off the ground. Um, in addition to that, I wrote uh, my next Source Point book. That's on the calendar for next summer. I can't say Sweet. anything about that. But for anyone who follows me on social media or gets my newsletter, uh, you've seen art from it. You just don't know it yet. Uh, and I've definitely named the book a few times in a few places. Uh, so if anyone nice. wants to go Sherlock that and try and figure it out, <laughs> that, that, that's out there. Um, in addition to that, uh, No Heroin really popped off in a similar way to Dead End Kids. It actually, we mm. had higher pre-orders by, by about double. I um, saw so all that. It, yeah. It, definitely my most successful book. Uh, nice. And that and Dead End Kids really... Um, opened some doors for me, like especially yeah. this year. Um, I can't name names, uh, but two big publishers, uh, I'd say top five, uh, both reached out to me and asked me if I had anything to pitch them. Um, nice. With one of the publishers, uh, I've got two pitches going. Uh, we'll find out about those in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then with uh, the other publisher, uh, we developed... Uh, an editor there and I developed a pitch from scratch uh, that she's going to kick up okay. the chain of command. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Cause that one's kind of homegrown and, mm. and for it's as much a passion project as it is for me, it is as it is for the, the editor, which is super cool because I've, I've never worked with an editor before. And like that experience has been awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm keeping busy. I mean, I've, I've got my next two books written uh, both are in production one of them is going to be dead on kids. Um, I, I potentially two more books at two other publishers coming next year that would be really high profile gigs. Um Marvel asked me to submit. Uh I reached out to them about submitting when Dead ed Kids came out and mm-hmm. they 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 graciously Allowed me to. Wow. Uh this year they reached out to me after No Heroin came out, uh to to get the the issues for that so they can distribute them. Uh no, nope, nothing there, but uh you, you never know. Uh yeah. just, oh, Why not? just always <laughs> prepared and waiting, you know. It's yeah. it's nice to be asked rather than to be asking. Yeah, so it's, it's it's been it's been cool. Like, you know, this this year has absolutely sucked. I miss going to the movies, <laughs> I miss going Going to the bar, Uh, I'm a big beer guy, so I love going to to the brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, I miss hockey. Uh, (laughs) We got it back for a little bit, but not really. Um, So, like, I just I kind of miss everything. Um, I'm super grateful that I pushed my wife to get married last year instead of this year, (laughs) Um, and she's grateful too. Um, But yeah, like, you know, it's it's a terrible year, um, but I'm trying to to make the most of it and keep my nose down, stay productive, um, and and just you know come out of the other end of this whenever it's going to be uh in in a much better position than i Mm -hmm. was before it started, and and yes that roadmap is is it's working out
0: yeah 2020 has been an absolute crazy year and uh, and you, you said you're in you're in san francisco right now you guys have had the fires going on for a while there i don't know how i think they're 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 good now or they're they're dying low now right aren't they you know i i can't
1: even remember to keep up with it anymore because there's so many of them like yeah. we, i don't know if you saw it but
0: like i it was saw like your picture week,
1: <laughs> it was like two weeks ago we had like an orange sky for the yeah. whole day and like when i say it was orange like it was crayon kool-aid orange yeah all day
0: yeah i saw all your picture day. that you posted when you posted that It was like orange wow. like super bright orange i said man that's crazy dude. you
1: want you want to see something even you- crazy crazier than that somebody got drone footage um of the city and it's oh, wow. it, it looks like it looks like that blade runner it's it's so wild <laughs> um so yeah i mean fire fires are okay like um my uh my in-laws have property up in napa mm-hmm. uh and, and this is kind of like a thing that they go through most years um mm-hmm. and a couple yeah. of years ago like there was a real good chance their house was going to burn down and thank oh, god wow. it didn't um but this year it's you know at least for us, hasn't been as, as crazy, but I, I mean um, one of the people I worked with to promote no heroin, her house burned down in Oregon. Yeah. These fires aren't, aren't a joke. Uh, So I just, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's every year now. Uh, So you gotta just, just keep, keep, keep praying and hoping. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Roll with the punches, I guess. All right, man. I need to know your creative process behind, uh, dead ends kids, uh, suburban job, man. I know, uh, you talked to us a little bit about how you went into no heroin last time and, and the first, no, uh, dead in kids and, uh, and grief and all that stuff. But I need to know what, 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 how did you sit down and put this on the page? What did you do that maybe was different or maybe not what, not different at all?
1: You know, this, this is my, my third mini series to get published. Uh, the fourth one I've written. Um, and I've been doing this for about four and a half years now, maybe a little more even, mm-hmm. uh, and so like I've really at this point, especially between Dead and Kids Volume One and, and the Suburban Girl, like I've really solidified my process and and like what I what I need to make a book happen. Um, so like it it was pretty like at this point like stories just kind of happen like mm-hmm. I it's 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 habit. Um, I, I know what the ingredients for the recipe are for me now. Um, it did take a little while to get the story down, mm-hmm. um, which was frustrating at times. And I think that was maybe just me kind of playing it safe, like knowing that this is a really sensitive topic that, Mm -hmm. you know, could rub people the wrong way if I fucked it up. Um, so I I just kind of took my time and made sure that like every, every beat was right. And every, every line of dialogue was, was exactly pitch perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's still an ongoing process. We're in the middle of issue three right now and I'm still kind of tweaking the dialogue as we go. Um but but largely it's you know, I I get once I get an idea, like I I have a, a set of steps I go through. Um and it takes a few weeks to kinda get down the characters and and what the arc is and um sort of what the, the different elements of the book are. Mm-hmm. And then I write a long form version of of the three or four or five issues, however long it's gonna be, sort of just write out in paragraphs like what happens almost as as if i'm writing a novel um and then i kind of reverse engineer that into pages um and then for me scripting is really fast these days like i'm a very quick scripter like most of my time is spent planning the story um i can write uh, a four-issue miniseries in about a week get like a real just vomit draft out but get Mm -hmm. it down and then i probably need another week to to revise it uh, at this point so like you know the the writing isn't isn't the hard part for me is as much as for some other people, but the planning really is, you know, measure three times cut once.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, so do you feel at this point uh, that your, your script process is a little bit unique to you or do you kind of uh, feel like handful of other people kind of do the same similar things or, or, or maybe uh, they don't.
1: (laughs) Um, I I definitely developed a, like a script template and, and Uh story process that works for me and like, is unique to me. Um, like I just, I looked at what other people were doing and took the parts I liked and then like where there were sort of deficiencies, like things that I needed to, to make it work that weren't, I kind of like invented them for myself Mm -hmm. and then kind of mixed everything together and got this Frank version. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's like little things like I, I am a very, minimal scripter like i like to keep my panel descriptions pretty clear and to the point so that there's no confusion if i'm working with an artist whose first language is in english which is a Mm -hmm. lot of the time um i like to keep my my dialogue pretty pretty short and pithy so i've kind of like you know line lengths in the the the, on the page to to prevent me from being overly wordy um but generally like it's yeah, no, it's it's pretty unique to me what's what's been kind of funny and maybe this is a little bit my ego talking but uh, i've had my script kind of locked in for a couple of years now like it hasn't changed a whole lot since then um and i've I've definitely sent things to people mm-hmm. to read you know friends who are creators to you know yeah. read the script and 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 see get some feedback and then they'll send me their thing and i'll notice like mm-hmm. little things from my script like the, you know that that have like found their way into their style and like I, I think I'm a trendsetter, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm just kidding, um, but yeah, no, it's it's been cool. Like that, that that's really cool to see because like if you yeah. create like a good version of something, other people adopt it. It means yeah. like it's working and it's and, and you're on the right path. And yeah, I always want to see that. I always want to be ahead of the curve, and I always yeah. want to be yeah you know, setting the tone.
0: So the reason why I asked that question is because I sat down with Garrett Gunn, and he told me a little story where he said that he showed you uh some of his stuff and you're like
1: bro, bro it, it rewrote my mind it's
0: <laughs> he told me that you were like you're like dude what is this dude what the heck are you doing here man like
1: <laughs> yeah well listen garrett garrett has what what you know comics professionals would call more of a marvel style
0: uh, yeah um, and that's what he yeah. says too yeah
1: but it's it's just like brain dumb.
0: <laughs> Garrett's awesome. He,
1: but, but then he's got like these great artists like Nick Turris who oh, just yeah. like take it and, you know, you get Franklin goes to ghost that. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to script. I think there's mm-hmm. ways that people can and can't script. And I, I yeah. don't know that I could write a script like Garrett. Like, I just feel like <laughs> I wouldn't feel like the story is there for the artist.
0: Um, yeah. And, but, and uh, I think I think that's how, how it is. You know, you got to have a really good relationship with your artist and your creative team in order to kind of click and make sure that it works. And I think that kind of works for him and and his team. When I was talking to him a little bit about it, I was like, man, honestly, I don't think that I can do uh, script writing, you know, like like a traditional way. I think I would probably adopt more of a way that he would do it where it it was like all over the place and and me just saying, this is what I want. And, you know, and then just my creative team just kind of, okay, I know what you're talking about. You got to be on the same wavelengths with that. Do Do you feel like that's how it is with you and your creative team?
1: Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been lucky and maybe strategic even, but I've, I've gotten to work with Nainad. This is our third major project together. He did half of grief, actually 60% of it. He did dead end kids. Um, and now he's doing the suburban job. And um, so like, and and the first story I ever wrote is the last story in grief and Nainad drew and colored that mm-hmm. or no, he just drew it. Um, but I've been working with Nainad literally since day one. And like, we've, we've grown together and, and like, we've worked I think I've, he's definitely the collaborator I've worked most with. And I think that I'm the collaborator he's worked most with, most with. Um, So it's just like, we've, we've got a good thing going. Like, yeah. um, You know, very rarely does anything need clarification. Uh, We have a lot of conversations. Um, My, my scripting has become more lax for him. uh, Just because like I, I, and, and, and I, and I write for him, like he's got a certain set of aesthetics that, that he likes. And like, I always keep that in mind when I'm writing for him. Um, but my, my scripting has is, is gotten a little bit different over the, the, the years too. Like mm-hmm. these days, I don't sort of plot out action scenes the way I used to. Um, and that's because of writing No Heroine, which is a really action-heavy book. Yeah. Um, I do have a little bit more of a Marvel style when I write action scenes now. Um, because I'd rather than me over it. I'd rather the artist, you know, draw what what they think is best because yeah. you know, they're the artists that i hire them to do the art like i yeah. they, they, i shouldn't be telling them like what what they need to do they they, they should be telling me what works yeah, um exactly. and i and i have been very blessed to work with nanad and, and chris mad who did the covers for dead and kids and did the art for no Heroin. um i've just been super blessed to work with these really talented people who i've developed great relationships
0: with that's awesome man You know what? We ran out of time here to talk a little bit about about some stuff, and that's actually pretty cool because we can keep going, man. But I want everybody to know where they can find your your book and uh, where they can find you, social media, websites, all that good stuff. Plug away.
1: Yeah. uh, So for anyone who didn't read Dead End Kids, uh, the first volume, no subtitle, uh, the the trade came out in March. Uh, It came out through SourcePoint Press. You can get it at your local comic shop. You can order it uh, from the SourcePoint web store. I think it's just SourcePoint.press. They've got a vanity URL. Um, and and I worked really hard to, uh, make sure that that book was really accessible. Uh, so it's just 10 bucks, get the whole series, lots of extras. Um, and, and, you know, so if you haven't checked that out and you want to, you know, get a hint of, of what's coming down the line with uh, the suburban job, that's a good way to do it. Uh, the suburban job is going to, uh, solicit in November and December. And the first issue will come out in January. It's going to run for four issues. So it'll run January through April. Um, it sounds like a book you're super interested in you just go to your local comic shop or, or go to the source point website and and tell them you know you want the new dead end kids you want the suburban job you want that frank google book like you know just however you can communicate to them um you know if you reach out on facebook email them call them go into your store like whatever is working for you right now it's a little bit different for everyone but just let them know you want you know dead end kids too dead end kids the suburban job they'll, they'll know what you're talking about yeah. um and and just make sure that you pre-order it like pre-ordering is super important um i've i've been really, I've had a, little soapbox about it ever since I started making comics because <laughs> um, people don't do it enough. And it's like the backbone of the industry. Like that's how mm-hmm. comic shops make their money. It's how yeah. you get the books you want. And I, yeah. I, I wish more people did it. Um, Dead in kids was super hard to find because nobody pre-ordered it. Um, no heroin. There was a shortage on issues mm-hmm. one and two. We'll see what happens with so number three, if you want to check out Dead and get the suburban job, absolutely pre-order that book and you can pre-order the whole run you know, from day one. Like you don't yeah. even have to worry about it. It's just like set it, and, and be done with it. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are going to order the suburban job, uh, we have a couple of cover options uh, for, that are retailer incentives. You can get the main cover just, you know, for four bucks, uh, the, the Chris mad cover. If you like the covers from the first series, the the cover trend is continued. The solid color with the, the gray tone figures mm-hmm. love that um, Chris did a really bang up job on the first three covers. I should see the fourth cover soon. They all look awesome. Um, all four of them will do something very cool. Uh, once you have all four of them, I uh, try to make the, add a little more value that way. Um, for those of you who like uh, variants and incentives, uh, we'll have a one in five cover on each issue. So for every five co- copies of shop orders, they can order one of this cover. Uh, and that cover will be by Ryan Kincaid, who, yeah, if you're not familiar with Ryan's work at DC doing you know Harley Quinn and, and, and Punchline, all that stuff he's mm-hmm. been doing all year. like Go yeah. check stuff out. He's incredible. Um, and he's doing uh incentive covers for all four issues those covers will be connecting covers if you get all four they'll make one larger image um and and he's doing a really cool one um i just got today got to see the the whole thing together and it looks choice. Uh, And then for those of you who like a little something extra special, there will be a one in 10 incentive cover on issue one by uh, Mr. Ben Templesmith, who I've had the pleasure of working with on pretty much every book I've ever done. And at this point, it's tradition for me to once or twice a year, reach out to him and say, Hey, Ben, do a cover for me. And a week later, I've got a a sick cover. Nice. Um, So there's, you know, try to do something for everyone, Mm. but also keep it like in the realm of Reasonability, like like, yeah. like I'm a big Power Rangers fan. They got a new series coming out in November, <laughs> and there's a one in 250 cover like, and I want it so. Then I'm never <laughs> going to get it, and I don't want, ever want to do that to people. Like I'm all about accessibility and yeah. affordability. So the thresholds on the variants are really low. If yeah. you want the, the series, just go pre-order it and make sure you can get it. Um, and and you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, social media, it's, everything's just at Frank Global. Twitter is at Frank Google, Instagram is at Frank Google. Um, if you want to engage a little more thoroughly and you like you're a Facebook person, I have a Facebook profile, like it's just my personal account, as long as you're not flying any like Nazi flags or anything in your profile <laughs> pictures, I'll, I'll accept for requests. I'll, I'll, I'll take a gamble on you. Um, and that's just Facebook slash Frank Global. Um, so you know, whatever works. I also do a newsletter. This is the thing that I would suggest most people do. Uh, it's, it's everything streamlined, no algorithms, no bullshit. You get the news. Um, I've been talking about dead and kids 2 in there for a while. I've already talked about the new book that I haven't announced. Um, uh, a few times so I would highly recommend getting on the newsletter. There's links for that in my Twitter bio and in my Instagram bio and if you're on Facebook I post about that a couple times a week and yeah. So there's lots of options. Uh, I definitely suggest the the, the newsletter. Hmm. Um go and check out Dead in Kids Volume One, Order the Trade and make sure you pre-order the second
0: series. Awesome. Awesome man. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me here on the House of Indy. Frank, it was a pleasure. Hopefully we can have you back for a third time and uh, maybe we can make that uh, another first. <laughs> yeah, and keep this win streak going. There you go, man. We gotta get. Uh, we gotta make you a belt from here, like like a big, huge WWE belt.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be incredible. <laughs> that that <laughs> would be better than
0: my Ringo nomination. <laughs> All right, man. No All hey, right, thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Thank you for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time, right here on the House of Indy. Thanks again for listening to. The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'll see you later.